Hey everybody, welcome to episode 93 of the Metal Detecting Show podcast. My name is Kieran, and I have been metal detecting now for nearly 30 years. This week I talk about search patterns and how they can help you with your day-to-day hunting. So let's get on with the show. Hey everyone, before we start, I want to thank you for listening to the podcast and I hope you enjoy the show this week. But before we begin, I want to give you the following information. If you want to give me feedback or interact with the show, please reach out to me on Twitter at Detecting the Instagram at The Metal Detecting Podcast, and on our Discord. And if you want to pop me an email to Kieran at TheMetalDetectingShow.com, all this information will be in the show notes. If you'd like to leave me a voicemail, please do so on speakpipe.com forward slash the metal detecting show. The link will also be in the show notes. If you'd like to buy me a coffee, you can do so on buymeacoffee.com forward slash metal detecting. And lastly, and most importantly, if you like this content, please don't hesitate to tell your friends and don't forget to hit that subscribe button. Hey everybody, I hope you got out this week. I hope you did better than I did. I never really got a chance to get out this week as I had a few old jobs to do around the house and with the camper van. But before we start, I want to just do a quick thank you to all my Patreons and everybody who has bought me a coffee the last couple of months. I really appreciate it. It does really make me feel that I'm adding value to some people's lives. So that's great. Thank you very much for supporting me on Patreon and on Buy Me A Coffee. Don't forget to check out our Discord server. It's starting to pick up. I am really bad at being on there, but there's a few people on there who are really good at being on there. Um, but yeah, we're really trying to get people on there to drive the community. So if you have time, check it out. The link will be in the show notes. And also subscribe to the YouTube channel. It's under the Metal Detecting Show podcast if you want. To. That's just another avenue for you to get the podcast. And hopefully I'll have some videos going up there over the next coming weeks. So it'd be a shame to miss them. So this week, as the title says, I want to talk about search patterns. And I suppose why talk about search patterns? Well, previously I did do a tech timeout. Tech timeout! um, I haven't done one of them in a long time. Uh, A tech timeout on search patterns way back two years ago. And I thought, well, one, I probably should revisit that topic. And two, I just come across a research paper by the Department of Homeland Security, nonetheless, a 267-page document, and it was called Sweep With Estimation for Ground Search and Rescue. Now, really, this was a paper about the logistics around doing a search and rescue for missing people. So I read it because, one, I wondered, was there any insight in any algorithms around how to search a field, say a rectangular shape or a regular shape, or from a shape perspective, was there any sort of mathematical way that you could be more efficient in your search that's the type of stuff i do <laughs> but uh what really piqued my interest and in in what really sort of led to it being included in this week's podcast is in the executive summary of the article talk about the probability of detection which i just felt was amazing so in their definition of what the probability of detection is but the probability of detection is a function of the levels of effort the size of the segment and how easy or hard it is to detect the objects of the search. Now, just think about that for a second. Every piece of that relates to metal detecting and how we search a site. And I just thought, wow, that this really relates. So I dug into it a little bit deeper. Now, of the 267 pages, I probably read four. Four that related to this probability of detection and various search patterns. The rest of it was all around logistics, around feeding people who are searching and stuff like this. Anyways, I digress. So I suppose to get back, I felt that this absolutely relates to metal detecting. So 
I try to extrapolate into how we search around fields, beaches, public parks, etc. Even underwater scuba diving and stuff like this. How these search patterns and how they can make us more efficient, I suppose, and ensure we have 100% coverage. In that vein, I'm going to cover fields, beaches and parks. I will start with fields, but first, in the research article, there is this concept of the bastard search. Um, yes, I'll say it again, the bastard search. And it gets its title, which I thought was hilarious, from the scenario where somebody goes missing and all of a sudden the the authorities are called, a search party is issued, everybody's out checking everywhere, looking for this person, only to come back and find that the person has returned home. And essentially the bastard search is the fact that the bastards after going home and, and we're out there looking for everybody, right? But essentially the bastard search is searching places that are obvious and places that the people or the person might go. So really we could use this in, in metal detecting. So there is the concept of the bastard search as well. To start with fields, right? And keep that bastard search pattern or bastard search methodology in your mind now for a second, right? But to start with fields, you've got different types of fields. You've got, well, I suppose, what pastures or hay fields, arable, which are either crops or fallow ground. You know, fallow ground is where they let the field go wild for a year just to, so the nutrients can return to the ground. And then you've got fields that are in permanent crop. And I suppose they're artificially fallowed with fertilizer and stuff like this. OK, so you've got three types of fields, pastures, arable and permanent crop. You also have to consider whether these fields were plowed or not. So really pastures or hay fields are not generally plowed a field is only plowed if it has crops put into it so if it is plowed the first thing to consider from a metal detector's point of view is has the farmer plowed that field every year in opposite directions to ensure that the, the soil isn't tipped over and tipped over and tipped over just to one side of the field you'll end up with a, a field um, on the slant to one side and of course when that soil is flipped over and flipped over and flipped over over the years, obviously the fines will move to one side of the field. Now, most farmers will, like I said, alter that over the years. So they'll go from top to bottom one year, from bottom to top another year. They may even go uh, right to left and left to right in other years just to make sure the field is balanced. But generally, they will just go top to bottom and then bottom to top, right? But what this means is that a lot of your fines will actually move to the edges of the field. I know... The ground is going to turn back, but you will end up over the years having the small finds move to the edges of the field. And this is why you, you generally find a lot of detectors when they go to a field, they will do around the edge first. And this is because, you know, a lot of stuff naturally moves to the edge of the field when it's flipped up around like this. So essentially what's happening is the smaller items are turned over. They move up one ridge, I suppose, every year. And then the next year, they come and turn them back, back over onto itself. However, some of those smaller finds do remain behind. And then the following year, some of them do remain behind. And it's almost like a filtering system where you do end up with a certain spread of finds at either edge of the field. That's the first thing on a field, really, before we get into any search patterns or anything like that, is to consider the, the direction of the plow on the field and how it impacts where your finds may be. So the first tip on a field is to search around the edges. Then you get into the bastard search pattern, which is looking for obvious areas where finds may be. Checking the topographic profile of the field, looking at the field from eye level. Is there a high? Is there an attractive high? People tend to gravitate towards a mound or whatever in the middle of a field. 
or is there a, a law where animals may go or have been going over the years for watering or it might be an old Roman watering hole? You need to check the highs and lows. The only way you can really do that is by looking at the field from an eye level. So this is another part of your bastard search is to look for the obvious. You have trees, hedges, gaps in hedges, gates, styes, essentially any access points to the field. These are all what's considered in search party parlance choke points. Check out the choke points of the field, the gates, the styes, the gaps in the hedges. This is naturally where people are going to exit the field. So you would need to search around those points. When you can identify these search points, I'm going to introduce another concept here of the pendulum search pattern. Now, if you imagine you, you have a gate on the field, imagine if you stuck a peg in the ground right in the middle of the gate and you tied a rope to that peg and you walked out with this rope, what, 10 feet and made an arc with that rope around. So almost like a swinging pendulum type of shape. So this is the pendulum search pattern. It's used by scuba divers when they're looking for stuff that's dropped off piers and stuff like this, you know, because they look at the drop point and arc their way or radiate their way away from the potential drop point. And this is no different when metal detecting. Do your bastard search, identify your points where people may have come through or choke points. And at those points, do a pendulum search, which essentially means at the gate, you do a, a brief search around and then you step out a little bit, start forming an arc away from the gate and you keep doing this to a maximum convenient radius. So you've done your bastard search and all you've left is the remainder of the field. So your bastard search, I love saying that word bastard search, your bastard search, you've done the gates, you've done the edges of the field, you've done any big tree that's there, anything that's sticking out, you do your bastard search and that's it, right? You've done the obvious bits first. So then you're left with the remaining area of the field. So what do you do there? You have two search pattern choices, one which you're probably familiar with, which would be the Union Jack search pattern, which is... You know, you've done your edges of the field, so you've done the square of the Union Jack flag, and now you do diagonal to diagonal across the field, and then you do midpoint to midpoint across the field and left to right in the field, forming a search almost like the Union Jack flag, which is the flag of the UK. For my, any of my international listeners, if you need to visualise it, just do a Google search of the UK flag. That's generally what most detectorists would do. They would do the Union Jack search pattern and then once they find something good would spiral from that point. However, what seems to be done in industry, I suppose, in search and rescue is this idea of a boxed spiral pattern. So now we've done our bastard search on the field. Then we've done our pendulum search from the points of interest. And now we're going to do our boxed spiral pattern from the middle of the field. The reason you do the boxed spiral pattern is because even after you do the Union Jack search pattern, you still have areas which you haven't covered or you haven't had 100% coverage. With the Union Jack search pattern, your probability of detection is still a little bit less than the box spiral probability of detection because the box spiral probability of detection is based on 100% coverage while you still have some coverage or still have some area of the field which you've left to cover after the Union Jack search pattern. So for me, I would do the box spiral search pattern in the middle of the field and work my way around till I start hitting the edges. That way you can guarantee full coverage. So let's talk about the probability of detection, I suppose, and break it down a little bit further. With that methodology of doing the bastard search first, followed by the pendulum search, and then into a boxed spiral search pattern, you're guaranteed 100% coverage of the field. And if you've guaranteed 100% coverage of a field, 
your probability of detection is 100%. So let's dig into this concept of probability of detection another little bit. So let's break it down again. So the probability of detection is a function of the levels of effort. So the effort on the field, I would imagine, is medium to high effort. You know, you're digging a lot of holes. It's hard work. Function of the size of the segment, so the segment being the field here. Again, I would say that's low to medium, depending on sizes. Most fields could be covered in a day or two. So low to medium. And then the ease of detection is probably medium to high. So it's quite easy to detect in a field. Trash is low. Fines would be few and far between. You're covering a lot of ground quickly. So essentially, a field would have a medium probability of detection, right? Or the concept of a medium probability of detection, pulling all that together. So if you can guarantee 100% coverage of the segment or the field size, which we've based on our bastard search, our pendulum search, and our box spiral search, then our probability of detection is actually quite high. Using a Union Jack search pattern would be medium. However, if you switch that Union Jack search pattern to the spiral box pattern, because the spiral box pattern is 100% coverage, you're actually increasing your probability of detection on that field to very high. I hope that concept makes sense because you have 100% coverage. So if you're covering all the ground, of course, you're going to hit all the targets in, in general. I suppose finally on the probability of detection, it's accumulative. And that's why the search patterns is super important here. It it adds, so the more coverage you make, obviously your probability of detection is going to be higher. So it's accumulative. So you go back day to day and more so on a field because the field is not going anywhere. You can accumulate up your probability of detection by returning to the site. And that's really fields, really. So a field is do the edges, basket search, pendulum arc search pattern from those points of interest, followed by a boxed search pattern. We'll move on then to a park. Now, the methodology translates to a park without the edges this time, because you don't really have a clearly defined edge in a park. Parks aren't plowed. You know yourself. It makes sense. But you definitely do your bastard search. You look out for gates, benches, sports grounds, seating, big trees. You know, the whole goal is to find as many points of interest or choke points that will increase your probability of detection. The only problem with parks is their irregular shapes and you can't necessarily do a properly boxed spiral in a park because of people in the way and all this sort of stuff. So unless you're Central Park, which is a perfect rectangle, of course. Most parks are, are really beyond the scope of one hunt as well. It might take a couple of days. So you must really sort of stick with the bastard search in a park. There is no point in doing a box spiral absolutely throw in the arc or the pendulum search pattern when you are at a choke point you could do this box spiral pattern around park benches and sports grounds and stuff like that however parks are you need to break a park up into smaller parts so each part then would become a, a different methodology i'm sure you potentially could be able to do a box spiral pattern in a big green area in the middle spiraling around park tables arcing around entrances and choke points i think you get the idea if you do the high level probability of detection for a park, the effort is quite high because you need to leave no trace. The size is low to medium. The parks are generally clearly defined. However, the ease of detection will be medium to low. So it would have a low um, ease of detection because simply because of the amount of trash that will be in parks. Parks can be quite hard because one, you have to leave no trace. So you have to be surgical and dig in your hole. Two, you're going to dig lots of holes because of the trash. 
And that would mean your POD or your probability of detection in a park would be actually quite low. So you really need to focus on your bastard search and breaking down a park into its constituent parts to make sure your POD is, is high. And then you're onto beaches, okay? Beaches again, the methodology translates again. However, I'm going to come up with this concept of the prioritized bastard search pattern. On a beach, you have to prioritize certain areas like cuts in the sand. That would be number one. Or vendor spots could be number one as well. You know, places where people are taking money or jewelry out of their pockets. The next point would be the toilets, the showers, the taps, the faucets, anywhere people might be changing or, or getting uh, dried off. They potentially would be number two in, in prioritization from a bastardized search methodology. And then number three then would be your exits and your exits and entry points to the beach. And then you get to the beach itself. You've done the cuts, you've done the entry exits, you've done all the vendor spots, the toilets and all that. What much is left? It's a crapshoot at that point. Because of this, your probability of detection goes right down. So let's do the high level again on this, on a beach. Your effort is low to medium. It's a beach, you know, if you've a good sand scoop, it's quite easy to just pop out coins and pop out stuff. The size of the segment is infinite on a beach, if you think about it. Beaches can be huge. And the problem with beaches is when you come back the next day, it resets. So your segment size being infinite on the day gets reset the next day. So you're not aggregating your probabilities of detection by returning, returning. You're starting from zero again. And ease of detection is quite low because of the simple amount of trash that's on a beach. So that would mean your probability of detection on a beach quite low. So if you think about it, you know, a lot of people do beach detecting and they find a lot of stuff, but they're putting lots of hours in there. They're focusing on that prioritized bastardized search pattern to increase their wins. So in the grand scheme of things, beach detecting has a low probability of detection. You know, there's potential for you to use this concept, the probability of detection and how to increase it as you research a site. I do a quick recap. You have your bastardized search pattern, which is searching all the obvious points of it, a beach, a field, a park, you know, it translates. Then you have your arc or your pendulum search pattern off these choke points or off these points of interest in the search area. Then you have the concept of the boxed spiral pattern as opposed to the Union Jack pattern, where the box spiral pattern ensures 100% coverage, while the Union Jack search pattern still leaves some ground coverage to be made. And then you have the concept then of the prioritized bastard search pattern, which is just a concept I've come up with around prioritizing your points of interest in your bastard search to increase your wins, particularly on beach hunting. Yeah, and that's it. I mean, so just to finish up, I'll recap what the probability of detection was. The probability of detection is a function of the levels of effort. So how hard it is to find the size of the segment. So how big of an area are you searching? and how easy or hard it is to detect the objects of the search. So from a detection point of view, how easy it is for us to identify a good find from a bad find. And that's it for this week, guys. I hope you liked this episode. Reach out to me on Discord or all the social medias if you want to have a conversation more about it. It's probably a very new concept to me and to some of us, so it would be worth digging a little bit more into it. Check out our website, www.themetaldetectingshow.com. For all the show notes, check out our Patreon, check out the Discord, check out all the stuff, guys. You know, I, I highlighted them all at the start of the podcast. Um, But if you do feel like taking your appreciation, guys, to the next level, give us a review, tell your friends, get the word out there that um, the Metal Detecting Show podcast is good and you like it. Um, I'd really appreciate it. The more people know, the longer we can stay going. 
So that's it, guys. Get out there. Eyes down. Good luck. Happy hunting. And think about your bastard search pattern. Ha <laughs> ha